Welcome to the Perkins Platform. This is a solutions-oriented podcast and live radio show. Each broadcast, we dedicate just about 30 minutes to explore topics of interest for leaders in education and a variety of other disciplines. And this is your host, Brian Perkins. Welcome back, everyone. I'm really excited today. Uh, as usual, I have an extraordinary guest with us today, uh, a New York Times bestselling author and guru maker incorporated executive coach. Uh, today's uh, guest is uh, the author of a book entitled Executive Presence, The Art of Commanding Respect Like a CEO. He's a leader in the field, uh, does educate, uh, sorry, leadership development um, and talks to a number of senior uh, leadership professionals about what they can do. And so please uh, join me in welcoming uh, Harrison Monarth. Welcome, Harrison. Hi, Brian. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, yeah, I'm for the conversation. Yes, yes. Um, so tell me a little bit about how how you recognized uh, this this trait, if you will, uh, about presence. I mean, a lot of us, especially in leadership, know that we've seen certain leaders that just kind of walk in a room and and get attention. Um, but how did you, I know you've been in senior leadership roles, but how did you come to start writing about it and really understanding what it is at its core? So, you know, sometimes people ask me what, what got me into this line of work, uh, executive coaching, leadership development. And I mean, I, as far as I can think back, I was 16 when I read the book, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, mm -hmm. uh, Dale Carnegie. And I, at the time, I was already, I mean, I was mesmerized by the idea that the way you communicate, the way you speak, the way you present information, the way you argue, make a point, interact with someone, can influence the other person in a positive way. And I think this is what planted the seed for me. And so ever since then, I've been an observer of people and, and what makes an interaction impactful and, and result in a positive outcome. And what are things that people, what are things that people are doing that perhaps result in a negative outcome or a less than optimal outcome? You know, what builds relationships and what perhaps degrades relationships or doesn't even let a relationship get off the ground. So I've been fascinated by this and have been an observer of people all my life. And so um, it was really after my first book, uh, The Confident Speaker uh, with McGraw-Hill in 2007, that then the question was, what's the next book? And then building on The Confident Speaker, which was you know, really about managing anxiety, giving talks, effective talks, and speaking in front of people and, and having meetings, effective meetings, that what's the next level? Well, it's the whole person. And so I started researching this idea of executive presence and found, of course, in my deep research that it's much more than looking good, speaking well, and just making sort of a superficial impression. And so it, it really led to, uh, led to my, again, the first edition of Executive Presence, which came out in 2009 by McGraw-Hill. And that's when big corporations started really looking at that topic. So I wrote the first book with that title on executive presence, then several others followed. But, you know, after my first edition came out, I would get a call from the head of talent for Merck Pharmaceuticals at the time. And they said, you know, we have your book. We love the book. It's you know, great insights. And we have a couple of leaders we would love to have you work with to help them elevate their presence. And then she paused and she said, 
but what is it? So even though they knew something was perhaps missing or a person could elevate their presence, couldn't quite pinpoint what it is. And so again, it, it is one of those things where we feel it when someone has it, like you said, somebody walks into the room, someone has a certain you know, influence about them and uh, we want to follow that person. We want to listen to them. We trust them immediately. We want to follow them. And so I broke this down in, into you know, 14 chapters of what executive presence is. And so, I, so I've been doing it over the years, coaching leaders, senior leaders, really from the senior director level up to the, to the C-suite. Uh, I've worked with, uh, worked with leaders over the years, many different companies, Hewlett Packard, uh, Dow, Dow Chemical, uh, General Motors, you name it. And uh, find it exciting to help people sort of get to that next level. Because a lot of people are, a lot of these successful executives, of course, they're very good at what they do. They're excellent content, uh, uh, you know, matter experts, subject matter experts. But leadership is about human interaction. Yeah. How do yeah. we get the most out of people and help people fulfill their potential? And for that, working in our leadership presence and our executive presence is an important thing to do. So, and then I came out with a second uh, edition 10 years later in 2019, um, which is also doing very well and uh, is completely revised and updated. And I think that's part of the book maybe that you saw and read in. So, you know, when you do a second edition, when McGraw-Hill came and said, hey, we'd like, would you like to do a second edition? We'd be interested in, you know, the book's been a great seller. And I said, sure, what's involved? And said, well, it needs to have 30% fresh content for a, for a second edition. So the new one is about 70 to 80% uh, fresh content, new research studies, of course, 10 years worth of executive coaching, engagement experience, where the lessons learned, I could incorporate them. So yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's in a nutshell how I got started. Sure, sure. You know, you said a lot that resonated with me. And I guess I'll start with, uh, you know, I had a, a question about uh, presence that goes back a long time for me. And it's, it's rooted in the question of are leaders born or created? And, and so related to that, it makes me wonder, so can you really teach presence? Is it, are there are there concrete actions, movements, dispositions that that people almost act apart? Um, do those exist? Uh, now, there are some people that talk about energy and that energy is real, that when people come in they, and they feel a certain energy from someone. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'll start with that question. So, so can you teach presence? And if so, what does that look like? Kind of the short version of what 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 what's an example of how you go about teaching someone presence? Okay. So yes, the answer is yes, you can. Uh, and I've been doing it you know, for okay. twenty years. Um, I think the way to part of it of it's a huge part of it is the person has to want to look at themselves honestly develop their self-awareness. How are they showing up in the world? What do they know about themselves in terms of their reactions? How do they handle their emotions? How do they speak? Are they intentional? Are they in the moment when they communicate with someone? Do they, are they listening? Do they look at someone? 
I mean, you see when someone is very intentional mm-hmm. in a conversation, right? I mean, they're everything down from their facial expressions to their their you know physical movements to the way they respond to a question, all that it contributes to the presence. But I think the key is here. I think you have to be somewhat fascinated by this topic. Like, how is it that this person, one person can just captivate you? It's, uh, my wife and I were watching a show the other day, and it was a couple of days ago, and the actor Benicio, if I'm Del saying his Toro. name right, Del Toro, yeah. And I said to her, I said, this, and he was acting with Justin Timberlake. Now, Justin Timberlake, a wonderful person, right? Like a really yeah. talented guy. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, his acting is not his strength. But at Benicio Del Toro, amid, amidst all this other cast, this guy can get up from a chair, like think about something for a minute and captivate you with that. I'm like, some people are just, you know, so to your question, are some people, are people born with it? Can it be developed? I think there is a natural talent that like with athletes, you know, that resides in people, but absolutely can it be developed. It means you have to be more thoughtful in the way you engage with people, less sloppy, right? More thoughtful that every word that comes out of your mouth. I mean, as I'm talking to you right now, you don't hear a single filler word. Yes. Not a single word is wasted. Why? Because I'm 100% here with you. Yeah. Just focused on you right now, right? Yeah. I don't want to think about anything else. Um, you're aware of how you come across, right? Yeah. The way you behave. Are you using too many gestures? Are you using too few gestures? Um, and it's, it's not as formulaic as that sounds, but it's just, are you appropriate? Yeah. Right? Are you appropriate? So it's about observation. Think about actors, for instance. If an actor, you know, take anyone, take Al Pacino. If an Al Pacino is portraying, are they portraying, you know, a mobster, a banker, a real estate agent, or whatever it is, I mean, they typically watch these people. They follow them around. Maybe they work in a bank for a while, right? To see what it's, what movements, what behaviors, how do these people move after a long day of work? And right? so if, if to learn presence, one of the things that you can do is look at people that have it and then study them and see what is it about that person? Oh, look how they, look how they wait for just a beat for a moment before they answer a question, right? Not, not in sort of a, in a habitual way, but in a thoughtful way that seems appropriate. Um, it is energy as well. Do you have a certain energy? You and I, you know, see each other. Um, if I were talking to a friend of mine over a cup of coffee, the way I'm talking to you right now, mm-hmm. that would be too intense. Yeah. So the way I'm talking to you right now is very intentional, yeah. right? but it's appropriate for the forum. So yeah. is a focus on the other person being fully present in the moment and everything else that comes with it. Yes, yes. Um, I jotted down before you you said this. I I wrote down in reflection as you were talking uh, something about myself. I wrote fascinated with leadership since I was a kid. That's what I I wrote it here. And then you mm-hmm. started talking about mm-hmm. this fascination, and so I was fascinated by leadership, but I also was fascinated with words too, the way yes. people were able to communicate. I cannot say, I I do recall one incident where there was this man who um, at my church used to sing solos and I I was not blessed with a singing voice. (laughs) So I, but I remember on this one time going up to someone that I envied their 
their ability to do something. And I walked up to him. I was a little kid. I, I, I was probably eight. And I asked him, how do you sing like that? Because mm -hmm. he he was had such authority when he sang. And, mm -hmm. and he said, I've been singing all my life. And uh, I, I never will forget that. But I, I think about not just, I, I didn't become a singer, but I, I think about throughout my life, though, that there were times when people chose me to be in leadership roles and I, was, I didn't know exactly why. Um, and, and, and it wasn't always because there was one thing you were great at that I saw them choosing leaders around, but that people seemed to have a range of skills or a range of of areas in which they could contribute. So mm -hmm. uh, I, I definitely uh, agree with you about needing to have um, th this this fascination or desire to know more about those topics like leadership and and communication. Mm -hmm. uh, and 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 so it makes it, it makes me think about when you you also you know very clearly you you believe that it's it's something that can be taught um i guess my my next question is uh, about well what about there are some people who you can tell have been practicing cuz i've 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 run across people where certain gestures and certain phrases that they use come across as inauthentic. Um, and so I go, mm, someone must have told them that this is the kind of thing you say or do. Uh, so how does someone get past that? How do, you, how do you know what is authentically you and what is now that since I'm rehearsing or since I'm, I'm trying to exert presence so that it doesn't come across uh, without authenticity? Okay, so you're asking, how does that person know? How would that person yeah. know whether or not it's authentic? Okay, well, um, and, and I'm thinking of someone that I have that exact perception of, and I, I often think, I wish I could tell him. Mm. It's inappropriate for me to do it. It's an acquaintance, and it's just not, we don't have the kind of relationship. Um, but very simple, and this is something I do with a lot of my clients. Number one, get feedback. Mm -hmm. Ask people, ask people how you're perceived and, and make it very easy for them to respond to you, how you come across, how you're perceived, um, what, what could make you more effective, what could make you stronger, you know, what feeling people take away when they walk away. Again, you have to make it easy for people, you have to make it safe for them. You have to be so curious about it. Like I would hold a pen in my hand and a little pad and write it with big eyes as they're telling you, because then they feel like, oh, wow, this person really wants to know. Okay, let me be honest. Um, but it's the, it's the only way you'll know, right? Because obviously, you know, our self-awareness, how we see ourselves, is not it, how other people see us, right? So we're looking, because we are mostly acting from good intentions, but good intentions and in how we actually land with other people is very different. Right? And in fact, I have a chapter in the book where I talk about how do we, you know, self-awareness, inner awareness like how do I feel and, and what do I know about myself and then how do other people see you right this external self-awareness so the only way you would know and that can be very painful is by asking other people maybe you could 
you know, if you're giving a presentation or you're at an event, you can have somebody take some video and you might actually, or tape yourself speaking. Yeah. yeah. Even at a meeting on the phone, on the phone to someone, you might hear all of a sudden uh, that maybe, maybe you sound a little too enthusiastic, right? Maybe you're, you sound overly energetic, right? That maybe you're trying to prove something. And, uh, or maybe your facial expressions come across as, like you said, rehearsed, maybe your smile, uh, your smile disappears in a, like you turn off a light switch, mm. right? And then people will think, well, that's not authentic. It's not really pleased to see me, right? That's, that's a put on. I've, I had to tell some people like, look, that smile, what you just had, that's like a social smile. It's gone in a heartbeat. You let it let that fade out. You have like a dimmer switch, right? Otherwise, I won't believe it. Now I'm thinking, wow, do I trust this person? And so and there's a lot to that. But feedback is the way to and and practice and and watching others. Yeah. So for me, so next is why is this even important? What what is the purpose of of presence? Is it because we want to influence others? Is it the way that we as leaders get people to do what we want them to do or accomplish the things, be on our side, win them over, buy in? What is it? What 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 purpose as a leader does, does uh, presence serve for us? In the first chapter, or the second chapter of my book, I talk about establishing credibility and trust very quickly. If you establish credibility and trust, people are drawn to you. People are willing to open up to you. People are willing to help you. People are willing to hear what you have to offer them and consider it. And so what I talk about, the foundation for me is warmth, trustworthiness, approachability, kindness, strength, which is intellect, expertise, experience, influence, and value. Communicating with value, letting people know what you can com- contribute to the world, to their team, to their company, uh, you know, to their project. And if you combine those three things, you have an incredible platform for influence yeah. and yeah. presence. Right? If I'm warm, I'm approachable, I establish trust, if I am strong, if I show competence, if I demonstrate my competence, if people feel, wow, here's somebody who's you know, well-informed, well-read, well-skilled, right? somebody who could really help us make a difference in our organization. And value, meaning I have to be able to articulate that very clearly. Many highly capable and high-performing people have a very difficult time articulating value. I mean, they're super comfortable with complexity and with, with you know, with, with, detail and data, but they have a hard time conveying it simply and powerfully so that the other person can say, yes, that's exactly what I need. Instead, people are going, I'm not quite sure what I need to focus on here or what it actually means. So that's why communication is just such a key. And really the most powerful leaders, the most successful leaders you see, they're often masters in communicating very simply. Simple communication. I mean, you know this. Oh yes, absolutely. And again, you're you're ahead of me because I just wrote down the word words and underlined it twice uh, because I wanted to get to before we we finish uh, about communication. And so I mentioned, I said I was fascinated as a kid with leadership, but I was also fascinated with words. And 
And I knew from a very early age that there were people who were able to say things, but say things in a different way that had a different impact on people. And <laughs> and uh, I would hear people also say things like, it's not what you said, it's how you say it. And so I was I was curious to unpack that also. What does that mean exactly? Um, and over the years, I certainly uh, understood that more. Uh, but about words that with the communication that is so important that you you have the the language skills too to bring people in. Now, I'm sure as a leader, you have encountered where uh, there are people who are in immensely uh, threatened and or intimidated by that presence you have. And I, I know that I've seen where, and when I say threatened and intimidated, is that in some ways, other leaders around sometimes feel that it's overshadowing them, not because you're trying to overshadow them, mm -hmm. but because if they're in a leadership role and you're you are more uh or you you have more authenticity about you than they do, then that shows up. And 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 sometimes people feel it and know it. Mm -hmm. Um what what do you suggest that if if that is if that's you if you're a leader in that situation um how do you and i know it's not to downplay it but how do you make sure that you don't over overshine or outshine the person who is in a position that that is is a position that they're supposed to be the ones in charge, so to speak. But everyone mm -hmm. seems to look at you and wait for your opinion about something. Mm -hmm. And and your question is, how do you make sure that you're not intimidating them or over uh, overpowering them? Yeah. Um, so there are two things I want to respond to. One, uh, about the words, uh, real quick. Because I think, so I've been obsessed with language ever since I could think. So my native tongue is actually not English, it's German. So uh, I taught myself English at the age of 11. By the time I was 14, I had native fluency. Uh, Americans in Germany thought I was Canadian because I had this strange little accent. You know, I, I trained my German accent away almost, but look at this. I'm going to show you something here. I just pulled it up on my phone. Look on the right side, that little panel at the bottom. Can you see what it says? It says vocabulary. You see that? that yes, yes. It has 3,844 yes. uh, yes. entries. So what this means is, so here, there's a little tile. So what this means is like, every, if I see a word I don't understand, I never skip it, never. I'm never in, in too much of a hurry. Uh, I take a screenshot of the word, the definition, and so I have almost 4,000 words in here, right? Still, I do this every day. If I come across a word, I look at the definition. But guess what? This is like flashcards, right? Now, I'm a writer as well, right? So for me, words are currency. Like I. It allows me to give more nuance, more color, more hue, find the right synonym or express something much more. So if you're a student of language, you can explain things more simply. You can touch people more powerfully. There are so many things you can do. And this is how you can influence people better. Right? So, but this is an additional effort, right? You got to slow down. So that's what I'm talking about. So you have to fall in love with this kind of stuff. Like you have to, you have to if you know the power of it, you will do it. 
it's a lot. It's like eating broccoli every day, right? Not, not for me now anymore, but for people that are starting. Sure. The second thing you were asking me about is this, this power. If you have a presence and maybe people are, I just say humility, be humble, help people, be warm. And, and it may be that when people don't know you, they look at you and they might say, oh, the person looks a little, maybe, you know, they, they create narratives like maybe the person's aloof or a um, little, you know, maybe high on themselves just because maybe it looks strong and has a presence, right? So they might create these little stories until they get to know you. Well, so it's up to you to reach out, to engage, to be warm, to be helpful, to be humble. And that's how you overcome with time because the word gets around like, you know what? No, actually, he may look a little arrogant, but he's actually a really nice person who's helpful, who's, you know, who's supporting and who's, who's doing what he can to help people out. So, uh, but that's it, right? Engaging, increase your visibility and, and just be helpful and, and, you know, share your blessings, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, this has been really uh, enlightening for me, and I'm sure so many people that are that are have listened in today. Um, I know that you have uh, you have your books, um, and so please share those. Any places where people might find you and be able to follow your work and and uh, support the work that you're doing. Um, share that, please. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So one is, of course, uh, people can follow me on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, the book, my most recent book is Executive Presence, the second edition. And so they can find that on, on Amazon, for instance, you know, it's Kindle, uh, Audible, Audible you know, paperback. And, uh, and then, you know, a website, of course, guru, gurumaker.com. Um, and uh, I think that's probably, those are the easiest easiest ways to you know, get in touch with me and follow me. But uh, yeah, I, I, I write for HBR, write for Fast Company, Business Insider. So I always try to put, you know, ideas out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, you again, I, I appreciate you being here uh, and speaking with me today. And I'm sure you've, you've uh, enlightened um, a lot other people out there. And so just want to encourage you to keep doing it. I, uh, I first was introduced to your work through Fast Company. And um, I've said that to about a number of people that uh, those are just great articles to really uh, get good pointers from, from experts such as yourself. Um, and so uh, thank you again. And until we meet, go well, stay well. Thank you. Enjoyable. Thanks so much. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.